everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 25th, for those of you who are following along with the audio podcast. Um, And today we are on Deuteronomy 11. Um, In the pre-show, we do about 15 minutes or so of Facebook Live before we start this recording every day, or every Tuesday when we do this, just to give some uh, viewers time to get in, uh, get in part of the conversation, start viewing, get settled in, all that kind of stuff. And um, Daniel mentioned that... um, we have some weird names in here today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. All right. So uh, for you, for if we haven't met, um, I have a weird last name that really stumbles people up. And I don't think it's hard as people it's make it out to, to be. It's hard to say. It's just it's odd. Yeah. It's very odd. Okay. So my last name is Yelverton. So yeah. So Y-E-L-V-E-R-T-O-N. It has like a little bit of a rhythm. Yelverton. Hmm. But it is... It stumbles every telemarketer, which is actually really beneficial for me. So I'm thankful for my last name. And to my left, if you're watching, but if you're not and listening, uh, we he could have, be anywhere. Miracle. Could, he could be anywhere. Yes. So how many? Uh, yours is uh, Ernie Miracle. Miracle. <laughs> yeah. Merky. Miracle crap. So it's like miracle, kind of like yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Ernie See, Miracle. Never seen it that way. <laughs> so how do you say it? Merky or Merky? Merky. Okay. Yes. But right. I've heard almost it. like Maerky, just yeah. faster. Yeah. Yeah. My air key. My air key. So it's like a key for your air, right? So let's say if your air conditioning right. I lost my air key. Where's my air key? I can't find it. <laughs> so so that's so Ernie Merkey. Um it's it's a ton of vowels. We yeah. don't know we don't know uh how to spell it. But yeah. Neither yeah. do I. Yep. All right. I. So I think it's uh, you have three of the three of the five vowels, right? Yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Man. Fit them all in there. You're doing it. And then and then <laughs> overachiever. We have, so does Daniel. Hey. Because it's sometimes why, right? Sometimes. Uh, Why? Yeah. It can't be in this in this cut. No, it's just E and O. Sometimes on. is whenever you want it. So if All you right, want so it, you can Mr. Have three. Mr. One Vowel over here. <laughs> and, I and the Mr. most one vowel. common name that we have possible, uh Brent Smith. Yeah. yeah. Is it more common than Jones? I think it is, isn't it? I think Smith is. Yeah. yeah. If well, you were like John Smith, like that would literally be the most common name yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 So luckily anyway. I'm at least not John. Yeah, that's okay. No offense to John's out there anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. But anyways, yeah. So uh so so we have uh super common and then very uncommon yeah. names here. So we're kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Which is pretty normal for us, right? We're pretty it much is, a mixed yeah. bag. Here. Welcome to the show. Sorry, if you Dan. guys are not new to the show, you know that we were a mixed bag about every single week when you're <laughs> listening to this or watching uh Facebook with us. So Probably honestly, a little more mixed when we're not recording the audio version yet. On I know. Facebook Live. I know exactly. We get yeah. a little more professional when so, we push record. So, so join us. Join us for the mixed bag session uh, that's on Facebook Live. <laughs> usually we start around eleven. We're starting a little late today, but yeah, that's usually yeah. And we we broadcast it on the actual Elevation Community Church Facebook page, uh, and then we share it to the Weekly Impact page, just because we have a lot more people that follow the um, Elevation Community Church page, and we want to put it out there for as many people to see as possible. So maybe. As the the Weekly Impact Show's Facebook page gains more following, maybe we'll start doing that eventually. But as for now, if you want to find us, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, um, we record every Thursday. Uh, we're starting, just a heads up to you guys as well, when we're doing the Facebook Live, we originally were starting it at about 1030. Uh, we've pushed it back to around 11 now because uh, Daniel brought up a good point a couple weeks ago about um, that's closer to people's lunchtime where because we're recording on a Thursday people are typically at work through the day so it'll give them a little bit more of an opportunity to join in be part of the conversation and that's all that we want anyway with this so if we can reach more people the better so we shifted back to 11 o'clock so mm-hmm. just so you know and please share that with other people that you know that are interested in this this um, podcast and this Facebook live as well so that they are up to date so anyway <clears throat> Ernie Daniel and I 
we're going to get into Deuteronomy 11 today. So do we want to give any context, or do you think the context from last week was good? I think it's, it's still applicable. Um, so, But if you missed it last week, uh, really what Moses is doing, this is kind of his final speech to the uh, people of Israel. He is not going into the promised land, and so he is kind of giving his final exhortation to encourage them to listen, to follow, to uh, obey God's commands, to to. Uh, have it be a part of their everyday life. Basically what he says, put it on your hands and on your head and put it on your doorpost. So that's kind of what he's saying in context. He's saying he's wanting to bring bring it into application to you. Remember all that God has done for you. uh, But in the end, he knows that it's not going to work out. So that's kind of spoiler alert towards the end of Deuteronomy. But that's kind of his goal is to kind of give them a final charge push as they, before they go in the promised land to remember all that God has done. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. Um, So, guys, just a heads up again, um, because it happened while Daniel was talking there for a second. Um, Our internet is still a little bit glitchy here, so if it freezes up, if it says it's interrupted on your side, if it refreshes or pauses, um, just refresh it yourself, and it'll come back. Um, It's only pausing for a matter of a couple seconds each time that it does it, and it comes back. I'm going to try to get that taken care of before next week if I can, but thank you for sticking with us and just wanted to have a, uh, give you guys a heads up on that. So that being said, we're going to get into today's chapter reading from the Dwell app, and we will be right back. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, Consider the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand and His outstretched arm, His signs and His deeds that He did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what He did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and to their chariots, how He made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day and what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all Israel. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did, You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of, it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it, like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you will indeed obey my commandments, that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. 
And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit, and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your territory shall be from the wilderness to the Lebanon and from the river, the river Euphrates to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you shall tread as he promised you. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it, you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Are they not beyond the Jordan, west of the road, toward the going down of the sun, in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arabah, opposite Gilgal, beside the Oak of Morah? For you are to cross over the Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And when you possess it and live in it, you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the rules that I am setting before you today. So, uh, real quick, touch on on the laws here. Like, what, you know, what's the deal with the laws? Why so many, you know, like... It's a lot of stuff that he's telling people, right? Yeah. I, I think we – somewhere – it's over 600 laws, and um, they kind of can be broken down into ceremonial laws, like different ways to deal with skin diseases, different things like that. So, like, there's, a, like, cleanliness, but then there's also social justice and moral laws. 
And a lot of that is that the Lord is, the intention for that was that he was setting apart a people group that was going to represent him well in the way that they treated treated themselves, in the way that they treated the poor, in the way that they treated others, the way they treated foreigners. It really is all about how they treated other people. And that was whole the whole process. And then also their their proper ways of worship. Like how are they, how are they to worship the Lord? How are they to treat him with uh, reverence? And how are they treating him as holy or set apart? And so that's kind of the encompassing aspects of a lot of these laws. And a lot of them had to do with don't do these things because it's a customary practice in this area, in the region that you're going into, into the Canaanite region that uh, that's pagan, that is destructive, that is uh, that is kind of hurting the moral fabric of the society, right? Sacrificing your kids is a bad thing to do, but that was something that the pagan people did because they wanted what the sacrifice was supposed to bring them, which was either some sort of prosperity, some sort of health, some sort of protection, whatever it is. And so God is saying, no, 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 I provide all of these things, so here's how you are to treat other people, and this is how you are to treat and honor me in the process. And so that's kind of when he's saying all of these laws, uh, decrees. And so uh, fortunately for us we are kind of living where in the more of the fulfillment of the law. So when Jesus talks about the law has been, is being fulfilled, mm. he's talking a lot about these righteous requirements that were part of the law. And now we kind of live under an age of grace, but there's still the law of Christ. Paul talks about it. And the law of Christ is to love others the way that Christ has loved us. And so it kind of encompasses everything that we read in these laws because every the laws that have to do with treating people, if you love people, you love God. Right, so if you love others the way that Christ has loved us, then you're going to be fulfilling the laws that are kind of coming out of this. Now, some of like, but some of them are like ceremonial, and some of them are, are more for separating them from the current culture that they were in. But the moral laws are still applicable for social justice and things like that. Yeah. So, Ernie, you said earlier when we were discussing this before we started today that it was such a great chapter that you liked it so much. So what, speak on that a little bit. What, I just, what is it? Like I said a little earlier, I just love the obedience and love and how, how they're intertwined together. Mm-hmm. I just love that he tells us, I mean, John 15 is what, uh, I jumped to that and it said, uh, it shows us that Christ is still following these laws and how he wants us to implement them. But it, it, it's John 15, uh. Uh, for I think it was verse 7 it says if you love me keep my commands mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're reading through Deuteronomy before you know and I think that he continues that just in a little better way that we understand it I guess or but um, but I just love how, how the obedience and he, he wants us to be obedient through love mm-hmm. yeah and that's uh, just it. Really stuck out to me. And I think one of the things that re helps us with obedience too, and in in the end of the book, Moses basically says that there's no way that they're going to be able to do this. That they're going to rebel. Yeah. That they're going to mess up. That they're going to go into exile. That all of the curses are going to kind of come up, yeah. fall he, on them. He basically says like. <laughs> I'm telling you guys all this stuff, but I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I've seen you fail too many times. I know what's coming. And so I think that what the problem that arises that we get into the Old Testament is it, from the Old Testament is that this is not the solution, right? This is God trying to put in to, to create a people group to represent Him to the nations, but it doesn't really work, right? Uh, because uh, even with laws, uh, people will just tend to be either independent or selfish in the things that we want, and we will disregard what other, you know, the needs and the, and the wants of other people, right? I mean, I know the speed limit's 55 on 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't go 55. <laughs> yeah. 
and I and I and I get mad when people go 55. Just a, just a heads up. So if you go 55 and you see this little Sonata bearing down on you, just so you know, that's Pastor Daniel rolling through. It is hard on that road, man. Like, I know. I've, I've driven on that road my whole life and rode in cars on it my whole life, and it's so straight and so boring. You're just like, I just want to go and get where I'm going. So so anyways, it. so so I think there's that, that is like a joking thing, but there's something within us that's that's the problem. That's the issue, right? And so like. Like law, uh, what's it? What does Lindsay say here? Laws are for people with flaws. We all have flaws. Yeah, you're right. Like uh, in a perfect society, we wouldn't need laws because everybody would be looking out for everybody. But that's not the way society is. Mm, We're yeah. broken. Like we have a brokenness that's within us, and that's why we have laws, right? And and if you decide that you're outside the law, we you know we put you in jail. So that's kind of how it works. And so uh, and so so there's something flawed with humanity, and that's kind of mm. coming up constantly here. And so. Uh, what Jesus does, and it's amazing and it's brilliant, is that he came to fulfill the law so that he could transform us from the inside out. The problem was is that our, our inside was wrong, and so we needed something to transform our heart. Mm-hmm. And that's how this whole you know, movement is birthed, is out of this internal transformation that we become new creations through the redemptive work of Christ, and that we are able to then uh, follow and love, you know, and, lo- and love Jesus by the way we obey, uh, and and not just kind of follow it to try to just do the letter of the law. Because when, let's be honest, when it comes to laws, a lot of times um, we will figure out as close as we can to get to the law to or to, I guess, to get to the edge of the law without <laughs> like breaking the law, right? Right? You know, so that's why like. <laughs> You know, I try. I sometimes I go ten over, but I know you shouldn't. So maybe I'll go like nine or eight miles an hour over because right. I'm like I'm safe. Like I'm th- like the cops are not gonna pull me over. Uh, you know, even my brother, my brother-in-law Tyler. You know, hopefully he wouldn't do that, but I don't think. Yeah. Anyways, so like, <laughs> so you know, eight or nine, right? And so that's how I, that's how I, that's what I drive. That's how I drive. I drive as close as I can. You know, to get to uh, what I want, which is to get to places faster, but not get in trouble for it, right? <laughs> And so that's part of our hum- that's part of our human condition. And so that's why I think that this is it's important for us to kind of keep revisiting this because because like when he gives all he he constantly says, "Listen, obey. Be careful to obey. Be careful to obey." Like I see, like be careful, be careful, be careful. Put this on your hearts. Put this put this on your hands. Put this on your foreheads. You know, put it on your doorpost. Teach it to your children. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. You have to constantly remind yourself about this. And I think that's part of like even what we have to do today as followers of Jesus. We have to remind ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's why communion is so wonderful, right? Because it's a remembrance. We're reminding ourselves of the sacrificial um, the sacrificial blood of Jesus and the body that was broken for us and now the new life that we have because of him, right? And, and so that's why I think this is really uh, a, a thing that I'm trying to pull out of this is, okay, what am I putting within... Um, what am I? What am I kind of? What am I putting in my life that helps me remember when it's easy to forget mm. who I am, who Christ has designed me to be, and what He's calling me to be? You know, because that's not going to come natural. Because everything in society and everything in our world is pushing more towards the look out for yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, do uh, all you know accomplish the you know american dream all these things and all these things are really good like there's some really good qualities in it but you know jesus is is doing he's building a different kingdom you know and so are are we kind of re are we are we still playing that in our minds are we teaching that to our kids 
uh, or is it kind of getting mixed together? And that's kind of what Moses is warning the Israelites is saying that don't follow what's going on around you. Don't worship the other gods that are going that are that are around you. And the temptation is there. It's going to happen. That that's the the principle that I feel like gets pulled out when I when I look at this. And the other thing that sticks out to me is right there in, in verse twenty six. In my translation, it says, "Look today, I'm giving you a choice between a blessing and a curse." And um, I love that God makes His desire for us apparent through scriptures. It even says that in uh, Romans 1 that God has made himself, uh, uh, his invisible qualities even available to us by creation and, and and so many different things. And I think we have the opportunity to, uh, we're presented with a choice. Uh, are we going to choose blessing or are we going to choose a curse? And often I think I can choose the wrong thing. And I can blame God for what happens, even though He gives He gives us and He gives the Israelites here, and they get they get, they grumble towards God too uh, when all when things don't go their way. But it's almost like God is giving us an opportunity to choose. And at hmm. the end of Joshua, we're going to get the exact same thing. Spoiler alert to the end of Joshua, He's going to say, "Choose for you know, choose for uh, yourself whom you're going to serve today." But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And it's a very famous scripture that people will put in their houses. Uh, but I think that's an important thing to know that like each day we have an opportunity to choose. Are we going to choose, you know, the kingdom of God? Are we going to choose the kingdom of ourself? Are we going to choose the kingdom of our nation? Are we going to choose the kingdom of our, uh, of, of financial security? Whatever it may be, like, what are we going to do today? Are we going to choose today? Um, not only whom we'll serve, but are we going to choose what we, are we going to trust in the character and nature and God that, what we choose will end up being a blessing and not end up being a kind of a curse on us. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off that, to jump ahead, like like you, you brought up the end of Joshua, and it just makes me go into the beginning of Judges. And um, to reiterate, the chapter 20, or not 26, but um, when he says, when, he, when Moses says, teach these, remember my words and teach them to your children. I think so much of this is is also i mean i guess being more a part of aim lately and just seeing how much is poured into these kids and um the beginning of judges it, it when when joshua dies they're they're left to their own devices you know and 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 it just i've showed i've shared this with the leaders at aim it, it just reminded me of them and how much it how important it is to teach this to our children because if you don't pour into our children this word, this scripture, these directions, then not only do our children suffer, but all of society follows them. Mm-hmm. All of everybody around them. And I think that what you're talking about here is that basically, uh, I think it says at the um, uh, it's it's at the beginning of Judges that basically takes one generation. And the Israelites then, um, they basically have disregarded everything. And so the one generation away, one generation removed from Joshua. Yeah. And um, it kind of falls into this just absolute chaos. And then there's this whole kind of back and forth all throughout the book of Judges where you have these people to come and rescue Israel, to save them. Um, but they're kind of flawed, broken people anyways. And so they don't uh, always end up becoming... 
it's 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 weird when you look at it, and we'll get to we'll get to judges later on in our um, our chapter day, but you'll see that that eventually the, these people like like God rises up saviors within them, but then the saviors end up being the thing that becomes really destructive to the people mm-hmm. of Israel. Right, it's almost like they lose sight that God has lifted up a savior, and they now look to the person as the savior. And you see that a lot. Really, the transition happens kind of in the story of Gideon, where Gideon kind of spoils, mm-hmm. and and so ultimately, there's something within us that will kind of replace God and what He's doing with something else. And we can do that with so many different things. And the Old Testament, and in a lot of uh, just in a spiritual sense, they'll call it idolatry, right? Yeah. But and we don't really call it that today because that's not a terminology that we use. But eventually, we start to replace something. And and I was even um, kind of processing uh, Joshua as we were kind of pre- I was preparing for the small group season. And one of the things that's really interesting to me is that it's really. I find it easier to trust God in the middle of my battle. Hmm. You know, like when they're in Jericho, God is giving them this really weird request to walk around the wall, you know, and then come back to camp and do that seven days in a row. And then on the seventh day, walk around seven times. And it's like, you know, God, I know that you're like creator of all things, but this doesn't seem like a great military exercise right now. Like, I feel like we're not really doing what we should be doing. Uh, and ultimately, they they trust God, though, and they're victorious in battle. And so I think there's sometimes in... in in the battle, we can be very dependent on God's every word and be very willing to obey and obey, you know, wholeheartedly. But it's in the victory that I find it really hard sometimes mm. to trust and to be obedient. Wow. Right? Like, yes. and so that's where the issue comes. And so in the victory, so when they are taking the city in the time when, when they're gathering the spoils that they're supposed to dedicate to the Lord— in the victory, the temptation comes up to be selfish or to be selfishly minded or to begin to think that our own power and our own ability is the thing that got us there. And so we begin to replace God with something else. So in the good times, we can replace financial good times. We can replace the protection and the security that God gives us with financial gain. You know, uh, when we're when things are going well relationally, we can begin to just kind of put our hope and dream and our admiration in our spouse or in our significant other or whatever it is. And our validation comes from that person and not from the Lord. And so I think that in the hard times, the dependency becomes, I think, a lot easier in the victory, I think, is the most challenging time to stay in obedience and to stay in surrender. Wow. So I don't know. What do you think about that? So awesome. I think you should be a pastor. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> uh, but I, I, so, so what? What do you guys? We're kind of open up a conversation, and we'll we have the people that are on Facebook Live, and uh, also, I mean, the people that are listening to the podcast can't really join us. But, but I want to take time to kind of reflect on that, right? So, think back on your own life. Think about the times that you felt like, man, like you were you were pursuing God wholeheartedly. You know, what was the circumstance around that? Was it a, in a time of desperation? Was it in a time when you needed him, like you needed him to come through, whether it was financially, relationally, you know, there was something happening in your life that you needed God to show up. And that was the time when your devotion and obedience was the strongest. Hmm. And then now take to whatever your season is right now. Maybe you're in a season of, of, of plenty or a season where things are going well. Do you feel like you have carried over that same fervor, and obedience. Yeah. I think that you hitting on the whole trust thing too about 
you know, when he when he was when God told them to walk around the city for seven times, it's like, what? You want yeah. us to do what? Now, I mean, we don't. It don't always look the way we want it to. Went to to have that victory, but I'm telling you, if we stay obedient to these laws, that that victory will come. Mm. Yeah. And and that's that's what I. And he he gives that to us in Deuteronomy because he loves us so much, man. Right? And that's what I love. I love that you you hit on that walking around. I just see myself walking around the, the city gates seven times. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why do you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. Why am I going here? Why am I talking to this person? Why did you put this person in my path? Like, what what is going on? But just trusting in that mm-hmm. is so big. Uh, yeah, I think that. So for me. Uh, the other thing that uh, so we have the choice, and I think the importance of kind of uh, of of having faith becoming a legacy thing, you know, and I think that uh, that is so vital when it comes to carrying it on with the next generation. Because I think about like it's so easy for uh, for that to be lost, mm. and I think we're living in a little bit of that right now. Where I think we're pushing more towards a post-Christian nation where. More and more, we have more people of the next generation that are not going to church, that are not, uh, that faith is not a priority to them. And, you know, and I think that's that's a priority then for us as the church and as the representative of Christ of the body to, like, what you're doing. You're pouring into the youth. Like, you mm-hmm. want to see the next generation be a generation that loves Jesus, that is is walking in, in the kind of the obedience of the love of Christ and showing that love to other people. And, and so, and I think that... As parents, it's so easy for us to get distracted with so many different things. I think we we live in a time and age where distraction is the easiest thing for us to come by, and and for me, it's hard for me to not to to not just want to get through the end of the day. And you know, my my poor wife, Lainey, she's uh well, I shouldn't say poor, but anyway, she's so she's a stay-at-home mom right now. And so uh, when we come home, there's like this window of time where it's like we've just got to get through to get to bedtime, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can like yeah, put them down <laughs> and we can have them go to sleep right. and so that we can like live our life. Yeah. And, and I think that there, there's there, and we don't get it right every time, but there's this important window of opportunity, especially for me, cause coming home from work, I don't have a window of opportunity to really uh, spend time with my kids is to use that time as an opportunity to really pour into them, to be mm. intentional about that time. And, and to to try to remove distractions, and distractions come in a lot of different ways. You know, it could be social media, it could be video games, it could be Netflix, it could be uh, anything. You know, and so I think that uh, being intentional about that time, and that's what they even says there. That you know, teach this to your children. You know, talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. So when you're at home, but when you're also out and about, uh, when you're going to bed and when you rise up. Write them on your doorpost of your house and your gates, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children will flourish in the land that the Lord has sworn to your given your ancestors. And so I think that that is, um, to me, there's there's a there's there's opportunities to take advantage of that, and and that's a confession that I make is that like it's hard for me sometimes to want to do that, especially on bedtime. I'm guilty too, man. You Coming know? home from work ten hours a day, yeah, you know, and and. It's easy. It's easy for all of us to do. But uh, the one thing that has really stuck out to me, I mean, with AIM, along with what you're saying, is is that, uh, you know, our all of our kids, no matter what age, are going to be influenced by something. Yes. They're going to be influenced 
by someone or something. It's, it's literally up to us to be the ones to influence them on every step of the way. I mean, when I started helping out with AIM, it, it was almost like I can see the influence that I have on these young men, and they didn't even know my name. Mm-hmm. For the first night that I, that I came and helped, it was like they were listening to every word that I had to share, and they didn't even know my name. They, uh, these kids are going to be influenced by school, by the things that they see, and and it's it's just it's so important to to be the ones that influence them and to take advantage of those situations, like you said. And, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, we all, we all are, but we just have to continue to keep trying to to take more advantage of every minute that we have. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just kind of getting back on the the Facebook Live, and I'm seeing that uh, Mackenzie uh, Shouse um, said this uh, from Jeremiah 2, 20 to 21. I don't know how long ago that is. Um, but anyway, so yeah, for long ago, I broke your yoke. I tore your chains. Yeah, you insisted I serve on every high hill and on every uh, green tree. You laid down like a prostitute. Ooh, that's a little intense. I, pray, uh, I planted you a choice vine and the very best seed. Uh, how then can you turn, could you turn in and, uh, degrade a foreign vine? So it's like, I think that we have this, um, there is this kind of opportunity for us to, that to take what God has given us and then, and soil and, and spoil it, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's through our own selfish actions, uh, whether it's just through apathy, uh, it is, it's something that, and so I think that there is every day actively a choice that we can make. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a choice to choose. Are we going to am I going to follow the Lord today or am I going to kind of live in my own kind of selfish ambition? And uh, one thing that we talked a little bit about the worship together conference that the whole staff went down to in Nashville. And one of the things that really was a big takeaway for me was waking up every morning and praying the prayer to be fed and to be led by the Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit feed me, give me everything that I needed, sustain me, but also to lead me in the direction that he wants me to go. And and I, I haven't been perfect with that. And I can notice even the days that I haven't done it where it just doesn't seem like to come as um, come as naturally or the distractions are there or I become impatient, you know, with, uh, with my kids or, um, you know. And so I think that having something like that as part of our routine to help us remember that's what this chapter is about, and I think that it's really applicable for us today, is what are we doing, what are we sprinkling into our everyday routine to help us remember uh, who we are, to remember our calling, whether it's parents, whether it's students, whether it's coworkers, whether it's a boss, employee, um, whatever it is, you know, what what is God calling you to do in this day, and how can you be fed by the Holy Spirit, how can you be led by the Holy Spirit um, to me is just has been very critical in just kind of helping me um, I guess even since just the, this past month it's been yeah. it's been really beneficial for me so that's something that I'm trying to implement mm-hmm. uh, Ernie I don't know is there anything that you have been trying to implement to try to help you remember or to have like either some sort of not mantra but something kind of like where you either say or you're kind of like an action that you're kind of keeping to kind of keep yourself grounded and mm-hmm. to help you remember I think it's just so important we just just to go along with the busyness of life i mean to just sit down and in the quiet and just spend time with the lord and yesterday i had an absolute terrible day terrible day i failed in every way and 
And it's it's also just important to remember that today is a new one. Yeah. And and I have so a new true. and I have another chance. As long as there is breath in your lungs, you have opportunity. Mm. And and last night I just needed I stayed up so late after Tara and, and the kids went to bed and everything and I just I studied scripture. I, I tried to to just think about um the upcoming um the groups and and aim that this uh this Sunday and stuff and just and just literally tried to worship him just by just by spending time with him. Mm-hmm. I mean it wasn't nothing that I was specifically studying. But I just felt like I was worshiping him by just sitting in the quiet. Yeah. And and that's what I've been trying to to implement more into my life is just making it more of a point to have those times to where it's just quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just trying to sit in his presence. Yeah. And and I think that it's easy to forget. Hmm. We see this with the people of Israel. We see it now. Um you know, in everyday life, it's easy for me to forget uh, who I am if I don't begin to apply these things to my life. As as we're reading Scripture and as God is speaking to us, we have to become not only hearers of the Word, but we have to become doers of the Word. And so that is so vital and so important for our walk is that it becomes kind of an action. Now we're kind of going full circle because we talked about that at the beginning yeah. of our li- of when we went to Facebook Live of how mm-hmm. important it is to become hearers and doers of the Word, that the wise builder is the one that built his his house on the rock because he listened and obeyed hmm. the foolish one heard but didn't apply it and so um that can be i guess i want to kind of give that as kind of like a final charge or or an application for our reading today but also going ahead is is take an inventory of where you are right now with your relationship with jesus and have you have you kind of are you leaning more towards just the hearing and not really application, or are you putting forth effort and like are you allowing the word to penetrate your heart to then reach to your hands, you know, to start to become an, an action that you'll begin to kind of uh, whether it's kind of doing something in remembrance, uh, whether it's putting in forth a routine, not so that we can become kind of slaves to routine, but more so that we can, can continue to remind ourselves, remind our soul um, who God is. Remind our soul of his mercy, remind our soul of his goodness and his grace and and his plan for us and his purpose for us. Um, And I think it's hard, too, when we're in different seasons. You know, some of you may be in a season right now where it's not really going according to plan, right? It's not what you desired. It's not what you intended. It might be a season of frustration. It might be a season... And uh, I know uh, Tiffany Wiss, who's our youth, our youth director, she spoke on the spiritual seasons uh, during the women's conference, which I thought I know was really great. I got a chance to listen to a little bit of what she was going to share about, but how there's even how there's like kind of winter, spring, summer and harvest or fall. Like there's times in that when we're spiritually in those moments and God is doing and God is working. So know that like that obedience in your season right now may not be the thing that produces a lot of fruit, but it may be the thing that's hidden, that's growing roots deep. And it's becoming, it's becoming something that's going to flourish someday and it's going to produce fruit. So, um, know that part of obedience is being obedient in the present season. And, And to one person told me this is, uh, is to, um, 
is to not try to covet another season. Mm. And I think in the age that we're in right now, it's so easy to compare where people are in life to where we are. Mm-hmm. And we can only, and we can just really want to be where they are and have a discontentment for our current season. And to know that God has uniquely placed us wherever we are to, uh, to be in, for part of his plan and purpose. Yeah. And, and so, um, so I definitely want to encourage you all in that, that regardless of the season that we're in, continue to apply that principle in the everyday life, just like in the everyday life, this was not like in the huge moments, remember the Lord. It was like, you know, when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're out on the, on the road and when you're at home, you know, in your home, uh, when you're putting your kids to bed, you know, teach this, apply this, integrate this into your life. Um, and I know that that will begin to, you'll see the fruit of that. And it may not come now, but that might be just the planting season for you. And then the harvest might come down the road. Yeah. I think, I mean, even, uh, that just made me actually think about, you know, my season, my place in life right now, and even comparing it to myself where I was a year ago, you know, there was, there was a time where, where, when Christ came into my life that I felt like every single Sunday I was sitting out there. And I couldn't even make it through a sermon without bawling my eyes out. And now it's like I, I've kind of, I've kind of lost that that emotion, but I haven't lost that drive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so it's not always going to feel the same either. But we're not grounded on feelings. It's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. We're grounded in this truth, and so I'm going to keep pressing forward mm-hmm. and just trust that this season is building me for the next one. Yeah. I do want to just kind of circle back to the choice that we have each day. We Each day we have the opportunity to be intentional about how we're integrating the kingdom of God into our life. And and so take baby steps in that, whatever that looks like. And know that that's just a process. Like it took Jesus years to, to plant the kingdom of God and his disciples. So don't think that like I'm just going to do this one thing and then it's going to change my whole family dynamic and then everything's going to just kind of... Uh, everything's going to be just fine and great, you know, mm. just, uh, just continue the process knowing that God will continue the good work until its completions. It says that Philippians one six, I love that scripture because it gives me hope in the seasons where it doesn't seem like it's coming together. Mm. So stick with it guys, uh, continue to try to bring this type of application into your life, into your family, into your workplace, knowing that God's going to do amazing things through that. Uh, so Ernie, before we close, do you want to just close on us in prayer? Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. Father, 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 I love you so much. I thank you so much for the, the leadership here at the church, the people that come, the people that just want you to pour out your word into them, Lord, the people that constantly seek you, the people that just want more, just want more and more. I ask that you, that you're in their heart, that you, that you, uh, show up. And that you you let them know just how awesome it is in, in your presence. And I hope that I ask you to prepare us for the next season. Uh, we trust in you, Lord. And, and I just hope that that whatever we do, whatever, wherever the next step is, that we just trust in you. And that we just fall back on your word and your promises and just know in our, deep down in our heart, no matter what our emotion is telling us in that moment, that we just we just trust in that, Lord. I thank you for for the way you're moving through this church, the way you're moving through these people, these leaders. And I just, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do next. 
in this town, in this city, and in this church. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today, Ernie. Thank you for joining us. It's kind of the Yelverton Mayerky show. <laughs> Where's Mayerky? Mayerky. The have fallen off. I know, I know. <laughs> so thank you all for sticking with us. And then uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. Uh, just remember, oh, yeah, how does Brent say? Remember, go out, love each other, be the light, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>